Jane's uh, Old Testament scripture passage comes from Leviticus chapter 25, verses 35 to 37. If any of your kin fall into difficulty and become dependent on you, you shall support them. They shall live with you as though resident aliens. Do not take interest in advance or otherwise make a profit from them, but fear your God. Let them live with you. You shall not lend them your money at interest taken in advance or provide them food at a profit. I am the Lord, your God. And then the New Testament reading um, comes from Luke chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. He looked up and saw rich people putting their gifts into the treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said to them, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more than all of them. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in all she had to live on. May we be grateful for the hearing, reading, and understanding of this word. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your holy word, for these words that have been read this morning. Continue to open our ears and our hearts to hear what you would have to say to us. Help us to remember maybe some of the, this scripture that was read. If anything stuck out to us, help us to go back to it throughout the day and sit with it and reflect on it. And Lord, I pray in these coming moments you would speak through me and speak in spite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this week, um, many of us probably have different things going on, depending if some of us are traveling or staying home. With Thanksgiving week, some of the schedules are different if you have kids in school and everything. But um, I want to take a little poll this morning on... Um, where we are on Thanksgiving foods um, in regards to popularity. So raise your, and you only get one, one vote here. Um, raise your hand if you are the turkey person. Who loves the turkey the most out of everything of the Thanksgiving spreads? All right, maybe 10 people. How about the stuffing? Okay, maybe eight or so. Um, I hope I... Don't get mad if I forget something here, because I thought those were uh, kind of two on the top of the list there. How about a good old thing of mashed potatoes and gravy? All right. That one's got the uh, top so far. All right, next. Um, how about green bean casserole? All right, like one person. Good job. Yes. Two people. All right. Three. Do I see a fourth? No, all right, not as popular there. How about a sweet potato casserole? Wow, two hands over there. All right. Um, who likes cranberry sauce the best? All right. Out of the can or like the good homemade stuff? Doesn't matter. All right. 
Um, well, that's all I have for the savory stuff. Did I miss anything savory? Okay, yeah. Macaroni and cheese. All right. Anything else? Maybe dumplings, Sussex County dumplings. All right. If I was in North Carolina, they'd be like, where's the sausage balls, right? That's one of those things, I don't know. Um, how about desserts? How about sweet potato pie? Like, kind of two people? Okay. How about pumpkin pie? Who's the pumpkin? Oh yeah, there we go, there we go. Any other desserts? These are the only two I put on there. Apple pie, any apple pies? Okay, I think some of you didn't vote. I, I don't know what's going on with that there. Well, I wanted to get a poll there and kind of get your um, appetites ready, maybe even for tonight over to the church fellowship dinner. But um, I was thinking about Thanksgiving this week and uh, thinking about um, some of my time when I was in college how Thanksgiving break correlated with, um, well, basically, if I, if I were to drive eight hours home for Thanksgiving, um, I would do that and then basically have to come home like five days later for winter break. So a couple of the years when I was in college, I had, um, um, I was like, I don't know if I want to drive home and then come right back. So um, I got to, to go to some friends' homes uh, for Thanksgiving. So um, one of my good friends in college lived in... Um, uh, Burlington, near e- where Elon University is, and uh, I would go to his house, and then his, uh, who now is his wife, and we, w- I would hang out with them and their family, and for a couple years there, uh, they would just kind of bring me in as their own, and um, you know, this good old Delaware boy would come over, and uh, that's where I learned what sausage balls were. I'd never heard of that. It's kind of like a meatball, but um, well, obviously, I guess I didn't need to explain that to you. Um, but it was, it was really good. It was really delicious. And um, one of the um, amazing things about that to me was uh, how generous um, those families were to me. Uh, their willingness to just uh, bring me in, into their traditions and, and into their family and to kind of treat me as their own. And um, I didn't have to bring anything. It was just kind of, here's what we have. Uh, feel free to to eat as much as you want and all of this. And we would just spend time with his dad's side of the family and then his mom's side. And then we would go to um, uh, her side of the family and we would have like two or three Thanksgivings in a couple days. And um, of course we were really full and had to be like pushed back up the mountain to get back to school. But um, there was something about their generosity that um, left an imprint on me. It was just uh, their willingness to, to bring somebody in that they didn't know and to, uh, to be generous with, with what it was that they had uh, to me, someone that they really, some of the family I hadn't even met yet until uh, Thanksgiving Day. So it was just one of those moments uh, as a young adult that just kind of meant a lot to me because Thanksgiving is so important to uh, so many families. And it was just a great example of, of what it looked like to be generous with what they had. And, uh, you know, as we talked about last week and started to talk about how generosity is such an important part of our lives as disciples, uh, in particular when we speak of uh, financial generosity and what it looks like to be generous with the finances that we have been given. And just a little recap last week, what we talked about was how two of the main ideas we talked about were how life is a gift uh, and everything belongs to God. Everything that we have 
uh, belongs to God. Even our capacity and uh, the health that we have and the stamina we have to even uh, make money and an income and things like that, those are, those are gifts from God. And we also talked about how uh, financial generosity is not just something nice that we do, but it's part of our discipleship. It's, it's part of uh, who we are to be as followers of Christ. And uh, we don't want uh, money to ultimately be our God. We don't want to uh, serve uh, money. We want to serve Christ. And uh, as Jesus even said, you know, you can't serve both God and wealth. And, and wealth is a part of our everyday lives. So we have to figure out how do we, how do we balance this in our discipleship. So These are kind of two reasons that uh, we ought to consider and practice financial generosity if we don't already do that. And um, not only is it um, a gift from God, but once we receive those gifts, we have to uh, learn as disciples what it looks like to to manage those gifts. What does it look like to to be responsible uh, with those gifts that we have been given? And uh, in particular, a word we call this is stewardship. Is, is how are we being good stewards of the things that God has given to us? So this morning, I want to share two thoughts about stewardship. And the first is this, is that uh, good stewardship and healthy stewardship is essential um, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, that we want to be good stewards of everything that God has given to us. And in this scripture this morning in Leviticus, um, Leviticus comes from the Torah, the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses, uh, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Those first five books are the uh, books of the law or the books of Moses. And uh, in this um, book of Leviticus, um, which is not necessarily your common reading because there's a lot of, you know, laws and different things in there. And um, but it's important, and uh, we, um, it, it takes place after Moses um, is uh, under the leadership of Moses, leads the Israelites out of slavery uh, in Egypt and are heading towards that land in which God has promised to them. And, and then there's uh, priests that emerge in the midst of that. And uh, the priest, um, Leviticus is kind of like a priestly book. It's a, it's a book about, uh, you know, how are we to handle uh, offerings, or how are we to go about sacrifices and um, ceremonies and those sorts of things? And Leviticus is a book that really helps to remind the Israelites what does it look like to be set apart people? What does it look like to be different? As God has called us out of slavery in Egypt, what does it look like um, to be holy? What, is it, what does it look like to be different in the midst of the society where we're trying to honor God? And in chapter 25, Moses is hearing from God at a place called Mount Sinai. And as he's hearing from God, um, one thing God says is that the Israelites, um, this nation, you're to practice the Sabbath. You're to observe the Sabbath and to rest. And even God demonstrates that in the creation story in Genesis. But then also, uh, God tells Moses about this year of Jubilee, which basically was a 50-year cycle And on the 50th year, there would be restoration of uh, property and land to those who had lost it. There would be no interest um, on loans. There would be uh, property would be returned, uh, those sorts of things. There would really be no permanent underclass. So it was kind of one of those um, um, years of restoration. And in the midst of, of that is where our scripture is this morning, talking about the year of Jubilee. And in these uh, verses, they give us a picture of what it could look like 
to be a good steward uh, with what God has given to us. It's an image of taking a kin into your home or, or uh, a kin that has fallen into difficulty. And, and not so that you'll profit off of it and not so that, um, um, but so you'll support them. And it's not about uh, how you're going to earn something from it, but it's kind of extending that support and love with no strings attached. And the scripture also alludes to being generous uh, with uh, your money to those who are in need, as well as providing food for them and those sorts of things without thinking about receiving that kind of profit, so to speak, from it. And soon after this, they're reminded, after God says this, God reminds them, remember, it was me who rescued you ultimately from slavery in Egypt. So remember what I have done for you. Uh, as I'm sharing these things with you, God is saying, remember what it is I've done. And I think that's important even for our own lives when we think about financial generosity and being generous and good stewards of what God has given to us, that, that we're reminded what, what God has done. And we're reminded of who God is. And we're reminded that in the midst of our life, that we are loved, that we are created by God, that God's image is in each and every one of us. And God desires that relationship with us, and, and part of our response is to be grateful in return. And, and God has given us so much. And the question becomes then this morning, how are we being good stewards of what God has given to us? And it's not just finances. It's, you know, how are we being good stewards uh, of ourselves? How are we, uh, how is our sleep? How is uh, our eating habits? You know, bad question for Thanksgiving week, I know, but... How are we managing our uh, things that stress us or bring us anxiety? How are, we, um, how are we managing those things? How are we being good stewards of ourselves, of our bodies that God has given to us? How are we doing those things? Because we, we really only have this present moment and this life is a gift. And how are we taking care of ourselves? That is a gift from God. And then the question also becomes not only how are we being good stewards of ourselves, but how are we being good stewards of our time, which is really important. Each day has 24 hours in it, no matter who you are. Sometimes we wish there was more, but we don't have that luxury. So it's actually not a bad idea to budget your time. It, it might sound a little silly at first, but you know, think about it. If you wrote it down, how much, how much would I like to sleep every day? Uh, how much do I need to, to be energized and well-rested? How much time do I want to devote to prayer every day? How much time do I want to uh, devote to scripture? Um, how much time do I want to devote to my spouse every day or to my children every day? How much time do, do I need to do those things? Where do I need to put my priorities? And if you, if you don't think about those things, sometimes some of those important things can fall on the back burner. And, and we don't get to them because maybe we haven't intentionally put it on our calendar or whatever it may be. And, you know, my wife Emily has had to pull me aside several times and say, you know, you've been gone way too much this week. Or, you know, it's been three nights in a row now and you haven't been home when the kids have gone to bed. You know, things like that. And um, I need to hear that because um, I can very easily slip over to the office and work for a couple hours. It's not a big deal to me, you know. And... And, and I need that to, to be reminded of, oh, yeah, um, I, I've got to be intentional about stewarding my time. The time that I've been given is also uh, a gift. You know, we all have lots of hats that we wear, but we're called to be a disciple of Christ in each and every aspect 
of our lives, and how are we being good stewards of that? And I've actually done this. I've written out a weekly schedule of this is what a you know, normal week will look like for me. This is how many hours I want to be in the office. This is uh, where I'm going to be um, you know, if I pick Luke, our son Luke up from school, or um, this is when I'm going to write sermons, or you know, this is when I um, am going to do administrative stuff, like those sorts of things. Now, um, it's hard to follow, and some of you that do this know that, but the act of actually writing it out helps me to feel like I'm being a better steward of my time. Also, another obvious aspect in what we're talking about here is that are we also good stewards of our finances? You know, someone once said, show me your spending habits and I'll show you what's most important to you. And there may be some truth in that statement. And if you looked at my bank statement, you might find that Wawa coffee is very important to me. (laughs) And sometimes that can even be a problem if you don't budget your money. Wow. A dollar fifty or eighty goes a long way when you do that every day of the month. Sometimes, you know, it's it's a payment in itself, a monthly payment. But you know, in all seriousness, which um, what ways do do we? How do we spend our money in ways, uh, or do we spend our money in ways that reflect that we love God and we love our neighbors, we love people? You know, if you weren't here last week, I mentioned, uh, and as I mentioned at the beginning of the message, that every gift that we have is is from God. And our ability to make money, uh, it comes from God. This week, I was, I was working on this sermon. I was writing this sermon at the Lewis Library. And um, in between, uh, maybe I was taking a break or something, and I saw an opportunity um, that was very exciting for me and um, uh, my wife and then our, uh, newly, our new daughter, um, Shayla, who's uh, 13. And I thought, wow, this will be amazing. Let's, let's do this. Uh, so I texted my wife and I said, um, we got we to gotta act on this now. We got to do it. And I started to get this impulse to spend a couple hundred dollars like right away. Um, and I'm like, we, we got to do it. We, we got to get it. Um, uh, it's going to be amazing. We got to go to this. And, but we don't have time to like sit around. We have to get this. And, um, you know, my wife texts back and said, you know, like, I know, but... I don't, I don't know if that's like a good idea right now to, to do that. You know, I don't want to be a bad guy or anything, but I just don't think we should buy this. And I said, excuse me? No, I didn't. <laughs> I said, um, that's because we were texting, right? You know, I could do that. No, I didn't do that. I, I knew deep down that what? That was the right decision. But I had an impulse, something inside of me in that moment. I was like, I, we got to do this. We got to spend this. Like, it would be so fun. We got to do it. And then I said, I remember replying, I said, you're right. And that is good stewardship. And then I went back to writing my sermon on stewardship. How hypocritical can I be? I, like I'm, it's not like I'm just writing a sermon on God's love. I'm literally writing a sermon about how to be good stewards of the money you've been given. And in the middle of it, I have an impulse to spend a couple hundred dollars that does not need to be spent at all. And then I'm like, okay, you're right. Now, let me get back to this sermon on good stewardship here. Uh, and I'm thinking, what is your problem? How could you even think that in that moment? But there's something about that. You all know that feeling, that, that, that feeling to impulse buy, that feeling to, ooh, like that's something about it in that moment. 
And I, I literally had that as I'm writing this sermon. And one thing that, that has helped us as a family is to create a personal budget so to help us to become better stewards uh, of the money that, that we have been blessed with and, and given. Um, so if you haven't done that, um, that, that might be something you consider. And, uh, you know, I would love to um, sit down with you or point you in a direction of, of starting that process if you haven't done that. But, you know, you just begin to think, um, you know, how much money do I receive each month? And uh, where do I want to be generous with this off the top? How much of this do I want to give back to God in the midst of that? And we'll talk more about that next week. And, you know, how, how much do I need to spend on bills each month? And what are, the, what are the necessities, the non-negotiables, and what are things that are nice but I don't necessarily need, you know? Do I need the extra 10 channels? Or uh, do I need the, the name brand of this when the other part is a little cheaper? Or how do I do this? Uh, what, what kind of money do I want to save each month? Or how do I want to try to tackle any debt that I may be in? And how do I want to be intentional about kind of getting away from that and, and trying to erase that? And those sorts of things. You know, how much money do I want to put in an emergency fund so when the dryer goes out or the tire uh, explodes on the road, I don't have to stress because I've already been a good steward and prepared for something like that that I didn't see happening. And that, that money's there. And these are the types of things that we're talking about. And uh, I found a, a graph um, at a church I was at in Kansas City uh, recently. They provide a lot of resources. And one of the things that was talked about with finances, I just wanted to share with you, and this is just a suggestion. It's certainly not uh, something anybody has to do, but this was um, a, a graph that, that came across, and uh, it was an idea of, of saying, um, what I make and the income that, that I receive, the gifts that I've been given from God, and, you know, through our work and things like that, um, some suggested amounts are to consider, uh, and we'll talk more about the tithe next week and, and 10%, but what would it look like to, to give 10 to 12%? What would it look like to try to save 5 to, 5 to 10% a year? or to, to focus on housing being 25 to 30% of, of my salary, or utilities, you know, all the way down the list, transportation, those sorts of things, and uh, medical and health care, depending on your deductible and those sorts of things. And um, I, I was thinking, like, what would this look like as a salary, like if, we, if somebody did this? So I, I looked on the U.S. Census, and in 2016, the average uh, median income for a household in Maryland, um, I think, was um, 78000 and 61000 for Delaware. But the U.S. median uh, household income was 57000 So I said, okay, let's just do 57000 and pretend that's, that's what that was. And this is what this would look like. Um, if you sat down and did a budget, what would it look like um, for if I, if I gave 10% of my income uh, back to God through the uh, ministry of the church? And what if I got to save $2,800 a year? Uh, what if uh, housing was uh, 14000 whether it was mortgage or, or rent or whatever, each year? And, you know, you divide these up by month by month, and you can see where this could be helpful for some. If, 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 you have, if you've never done something like this, you can uh, compare it and say, oh, my gosh, I'm spending maybe way too much there. Maybe that's not good stewardship. And uh, or I'm spending, maybe I could spend a little more here, or be more generous there, or whatever that may look like. But I would encourage you to um, consider writing a personal budget if, if you want to be a better steward of, of the finances that God has blessed you with. And as a reminder, this isn't uh, the way to do your finances, but it's, it's, a, it's a way and could help you to start 
to think about being a better steward. Uh, so not only is personal stewardship important for discipleship, because we want to be wise uh, with the money that we've been blessed with, but also as a church, as a collective body, through our offerings, it's important to also recognize that church, good church stewardship is also essential for the body of Christ, that we want to be good stewards of the money that is received uh, through the body of Christ and, and, and through our weekly offerings. And um, you know, as I said last week, being generous with our finances uh, in the local church isn't something that we want to push as something out of guilty obligation, but, but rather it's a sense of uh, a natural expression of gratitude, uh, to be grateful for what God has done uh, in our lives. And when we practice that good stewardship as disciples of Christ, we remember uh, to return to God a portion of what God has blessed us with. And um, I want to share with you a little bit this morning about our church um, and the finances that we receive um, um, each week and throughout the year. And just to give you a little bit more of a transparency and, and where that money uh, exactly goes and um, even um, how our, our gifts and our, um, uh, the offerings that we collect each week and how, how a lot of that is used uh, to impact lives. And we talked a little bit about that last week with I uh, showed you a picture from the mission trip that wouldn't be possible without generosity from the church. Uh, and also in your bulletin this morning, you'll see uh, a picture of an opportunity that we had to give um, to um, um, a home for a hero, um, a veteran in Sharptown, uh, a home being built for um, he and his family, uh, and an opportunity to, to be a part of that. And that wouldn't have taken place without um, your faithful generosity here at the church. But I'll give you a glimpse of some of the blessings um, that we are able to provide to people uh, because of the financial generosity of our church. Uh, first is that um, there's lots of opportunities for us to support local mission uh, in the area, like on the peninsula, those sorts of things. So Camp Acometh we support, which is uh, in Centerville, Maryland, an amazing uh, camp and retreat ministry for teenagers, and they have all kinds of retreats throughout the year. And it's just uh, unbelievable the lives that are impacted and the faith journey that uh, some of these young kids are part of that's so important for their walk with Christ. Uh, we also support uh, Love Inc., which is kind of throwing uh, or showing the love of Christ uh, for people who are in need of food and shelter and clothing and those sorts of things. So because of your financial generosity, we're able to support uh, that ministry. Uh, we're able to support uh, Teen Challenge, um, you know, kind of restoring uh, some young men who are going through alcohol and drug addiction and um, are going through anger problems and depression and those sorts of things. Uh, so because of your generosity, we're able to support that. Even on a national level, uh, we're able to support Redbird Mission, which is um, been an uh, important ministry in the Appalachian Mountains since 1921, where um, they're helping some of those homes in those low-income uh, neighborhoods and towns in the Appalachians. Um, uh, there's some housing improvement, community outreach, health and wellness education, those sorts of things. And because of your final financial generosity, we're able to, to give towards that as well. And that is huge. And then there's international opportunities. Uh, so one of the international things that we do to help support is something called the Heifer Project or Heifer, Heifer International. Um, and this kind of helps empowers uh, families um, to, um, into a, a place where they're having um, living wages uh, where they are and uh, to kind of do away with hunger and poverty and things like that. And one thing we've done recently is we provided <clears throat> for somebody 
uh, a water buffalo, a goat, five chicken flocks, um, and a, a, a honeybee group um, for, for people that, that will benefit from that. Um, and, and again, because of your financial generosity, we're able to do stuff like that. Uh, another international mission we support is uh, Lifetime Wells, which is um, <clears throat> obviously going into places, um, I think right now they're in uh, Tian, um, I can't remember, they're in two different countries right now, but um, they um, provide clean drinking water for places, in particular in Africa, where, um, where that's needed. And uh, because of, and we have a picture, I, I don't have it with me today, but uh, of a picture of a group holding, thank you, Gethsemane United Methodist Church for a clean well, you know, and, and these are things that, that you all need to be made aware of and to know that because of your financial generosity, that kind of stuff is able to happen and it's so important. And on top of that, um, we have a, um, the chair of our missions committee, Gina English, put together right out here outside uh, the doors of the sanctuary. Uh, you'll be able to see this map and I want you all to be able to see more of where your financial generosity goes. So you can see a lot more of these international opportunities we've had to support, some national, and then above the heart there that goes into Canada, uh, that's all local um, mission that we're a part of. So take a look at that out when you go and, and be grateful that, that our church uh, gives in that way and that we are part of, of uh, helping people um, in some of these areas in ministry. It's just amazing that when I got here and learned that, I, I just... I was so amazed and, and so grateful that we have a church that's generous in that way. And on top of this, um, in the United Methodist Church, we have something called apportionments. Anybody ever heard of apportionments? All right. Well, we need some education on apportionments because I saw one hand or two. Okay. So each United Methodist Church, we're a connectional church, and um, every United Methodist Church has what's called an apportionment. And there's a formula there to determine uh, how much your apportionment is. But each year, each United Methodist Church uh, writes a check and sends an apportionment, uh, you know, whether to our conference office or whatever. But that money is then used uh, for uh, ministries and different things uh, in our conference and also around the world. So uh, I want you to hear this. Our apportionments this year were $25,837. That's how much uh, that we have sent out uh, based off of our church budget. And um, one of the, th I'll just give you, there's so many things the apportionments go to, but one thing is called the uh, World Service Fund. And that helps build new churches. It helps prepare pastors in our denomination. It helps prepare lay leadership. Uh, it helps uh, finance missionaries who are going to different places. All of these things uh, through our apportionments. It helps congregational development opportunities in our conference. And then there's something even um, called equitable compensation where if there's a, maybe a small country church who uh, really wants to bring on a pastor and they're having trouble maybe making a, putting together a salary for a pastor, um, equitable compensation, which is a group a committee within our uh, conference, uh, will help um, put funds to that church so that they can hire maybe a full-time pastor. Maybe they're part-time and they want to go full-time. And part of it, that comes from our apportionments, opportunities to, uh, to help other churches as well. So it, it's used in all sorts of ways. And our annual uh, church budget here at Gethsemane uh, comes from your financial generosity. That's where it comes from. It comes from the offering each and every week. And 
Um, one thing that, uh, that I'm really proud that we do here at the church is that we tithe 10% of our annual budget to mission work. So 10% of, of our annual budget is going to go straight to mission work, and that's not even including our apportionments. So our budget in 2018 was $269,342, and apportionments um, were about $25,000, I said. So I want you to hear this. So between the money for mission work and apportionments, which also go to mission work, our church um, has given nearly $50,000 uh, in 2018 towards mission work and those sorts of things. And I just think that's amazing. So I just want to um, say thank you for that and that generosity. That, that's wonderful. And for 2019, our, our budget's $267,000, or $267,711. And we'll vote on that at church conference in December. But in addition to that $50,000 that's used for apportionments and mission work, uh, we also um, budget money uh, within our own church that goes towards things like our children's ministry opportunities, uh, goes towards our youth ministry, uh, worship, uh, hospitality opportunities, fellowship opportunities, evangelism, uh, congregational care for those you know, who are in need and things like that. So, so that money it also goes towards people. And then, of course, there's things that you can imagine, like, like a house or any other thing that, you know, there's building necessities, there's uh, work that's done on the property and things like that that we budget for. There's obviously, uh, you know, utility bills, electric and, you know, internet and stuff like that. Um, but, but part of our budget also goes to staff support. So um, um, all that our family uh, receives and makes uh, comes from the generosity of this church. Um, because uh, my wife right now is a stay-at-home uh, mom with our kids, and uh, so so we live off of the financial generosity of this church, and 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 so my salary and uh, Jordan, our, our youth pastor, um, he's part-time and uh, part of his, or his salary, and uh, our administrative assistant Jane, who's been here like 30-some years. Um, she has salary, and then we have a, a custodian, Bev, who, who works here, and we pay her as well. So a lot of that goes towards uh, staff support uh, as well. Uh, but you can see, if anybody's interested and loves numbers and things like that, um, you can always request a copy of our entire line item budget. Um, we also do audits at the church, so we want to be transparent about that. We want to make sure that our money's being handled proper, properly and that we're being good stewards of what God has given to us and, um, and those sorts of things. So um, we have proper boundaries in place at the church. Nobody can write a check to themselves. There are certain people that can write checks and then certain people that sign it and there's certain people that count money and, and those sorts of things. So we have uh, proper boundaries in place as well and, and I want you to know that because you're giving um, out of your heart and your generosity. Um, and I also need you to know that, that I don't touch the money, that, that as the pastor of the church, I don't count money, I don't deal with that um, at all. So that's, uh, that's counted and, and handled um, uh, by our finance committee and, and leadership and things like that. Um, so I, I'm aware of the financial generosity in the church, but I don't, I don't touch the money in that regard. Uh, but notice uh, something that I didn't mention in the budget. Um, I didn't mention the word mortgage. Uh, so our buildings are paid off, and that's a good thing. Uh, to not be uh, in debt and paying, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month towards something is also that's really good stewardship too. So um, we're really blessed uh, in that in that ability that helps us to be able uh, to give more. And at the end of the day, you know, we want to practice good stewardship. You know, we want to practice good stewardship in our 
in our personal lives and as a church. And, um, you know, I, I want to make sure that we're practicing good stewardship as a church as well. So, you know, it's important that we come through the budget and look at it and see where every dollar is going. And um, we want to be good stewards of, of all that we've been given. And this morning, I want to close by... Oh, excuse me. Mr. Speaker's angry. I bought a pumpkin pie this morning. Since we're talking about Thanksgiving, I obviously did not make it because nobody has Tupperware like this. So today, I'm going to my grandparents' house, my mom, mom, and pop up. Because in Sussex County, you have a grandma and grandpa, and you have a mom, mom, and pop up. Amen? All right. So, um, will you hold this for me, Jim? I didn't bring a table. Can you hold this for me? Thank you. So I want you to imagine that I bring this pumpkin pie to my mom, mom and pop-ups today. And I say, um, I'm so excited to eat it. I provided it. I've given it to them. Um, it's going to be amazing. And after dinner, um, we eat and, and everything. And then, you know, sometimes people slip out into the kitchen and start on dessert. You know, they don't exactly make the announcement. And... <laughs> Let's say I'm talking to my great Aunt Helen, who loves to talk, and I love to listen to her, and I'm sitting at the table just carrying on. I'm asking her questions about our family tree and all this stuff that she knows so well, and I get losing track of time, okay? So let's say my, my Uncle John comes up and says, mmm, that pumpkin pie looks amazing. I am so glad that Jake made that. I'm going to go ahead and grab a piece of this and get back to the Ravens game, because he's a big Ravens fan. Do they play at one or four, am I know? But he's, he's very sloppy, so he's just gonna, he's just gonna do this. He's like, I don't care. He's just gonna take it just like this and say, mm, that's gonna be good. And then my cousin Julie comes by and says, oh, we're having cake or pie now? I didn't know that, so she's gonna come up and she's gonna cut a little slice and Julie said, hmm, let me get some of that there. Oh, I better get a piece for my son Brody, too. A little piece, though, not too big, because he'll be up all night, so I'll get that for him. And then my pup-up comes by, and he goes, oh, my mom's not around, so I'll go ahead and get a little bigger piece for myself while she's talking. My pup-up grabs a piece, and he goes and sits down and watches the game. Oh. There you go. And he's sloppy, too. Should have brought a spatula there. And then he says, oh, Jake's dad needs a piece too. He's in the other room. So he says, let me get Mike a piece here. So he gets him a piece. And then he says, um, and then they go sit down. And then my Aunt Kathy comes up and, and she says, oh, let me get a little piece of this pie. I'm so glad Jake made this. This is wonderful. And I'm sitting here thinking in my head, oh, I can't wait to have that pumpkin pie. It's going to be so good. And then somebody comes along and says, oh, there's only one piece left. That's all right. And um, my cousin uh, Cassidy, her, her husband David, comes up and says, ooh, that looks good. And he's a Cowboys fan, so he needs all the love he can get. Hey, watch it. Watch it. So that's here, and, and the pumpkin pies, and I'm thinking, Aunt Helen, I, I love you, but let me get up here. Do you want a piece of pie or something? I brought a pumpkin pie. I'm so excited for it. It's going to be amazing. And um, I walk into the kitchen, and I look at this. Well, I mean, for real? 
Like all of a sudden, like the, the, the beauty of all the good food I just had just erases. Because I've been thinking about this all day. I was thinking about it during the sermon this morning. Everything. And now all of a sudden, um, you know, there's like a couple crumbs left for me. I mean, there's a pretty good piece, but there's nothing. That's actually pretty good. But that's all that I get, and that's not right. That, I mean, that's, that's um, it's borderline disrespectful. I brought this cake. I provided it. And now all I get is this little bit. And you know, it's, it's nice. Sorry, I got pumpkin pie on my lips. It's wonderful um, to have nice things. It's not wrong to have nice things. It's not wrong to, you know, treat yourself, those sorts of things. But when we don't leave any room to be generous, that's not good stewardship. And sometimes God blesses us and provides us with the pie. And oftentimes, if we're not intentional about being good stewards, we kind of keep the whole pie for ourselves and and then we just kind of leave the, the crumbs for God. And we just leave the crumbs to be generous. You know, I've already spent all this on me and, and other things. What do I have left to be generous with this week or this month? And sometimes it's just the crumbs. It's just the, uh, the little bits of remainders here and there. And, and that's not good stewardship. And we're called to be good stewards. And God has given us the whole pie. How are we going to um, be good stewards um, of what God has given to us so that we can be generous and that we can show our love for God and our love for neighbor through generosity as just one way? You know, spending all of what we have on ourselves and maybe sometimes things like we don't need, like $200 impulse buy like I had, that's not the best stewardship, but we're human, and sometimes we do that. You know, in this gospel reading this morning, there was a woman, and she gave more, Jesus says, because she gave out of all she had. She gave out of her heart. She gave of, of what she had, and that was worth a lot more than um, a wealthy person just giving a little bit out of their wealth, even though it may, may have been a lot more financially than, uh, than the woman. You know, God just doesn't want a piece of the pie. God wants all of us. And maybe God is, is maybe just a part of your life, but not your whole life. Maybe God is the Lord of your life, but you're still the Lord of your wallet or your purse. There's an old hymn, some of you may remember, called I Surrender All. I think when we sing that sometimes, we really mean I surrender some. Because if we really surrender it all, we would surrender all. To surrender all to God is to surrender everything. To say, all that I have is yours. My health, my life, my family, the opportunity that I have to, to make an income, these things belong to you. And when we surrender that, those things to God, it kind of does away with our temptation to fall in love with money and to fall in love with greed. So may we this week, may we allow God to soften our hearts and may we, uh, may, may we allow God to con continue to soften that heart each and every day to be who we're created to be. 
And may we be people who are intentional about being good stewards of all that we've been given, everything that we have, including our finances. And may we continue to remember that everything we have is a good and gracious gift from God. And may we worship God in a grateful response and in a generous response and in a loving response to that good news. Amen? Let us pray. Oh, and gracious God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in this place today. We give thanks to you for all that you've done in our lives, for creating us, for loving us, for desiring that relationship with us. This morning, God, help us to take the next step in what it looks like to be a good steward of all that you've given us, whether it's our time where we've misprioritized and spent too much time in some places when we've missed opportunities with other things that are important. Help us to be good stewards of ourselves. Help us to treat ourselves in a healthy way so that we can be healthy disciples for you each and every day. And Lord, help us to be good stewards with our finances. It's such a hard thing to talk about and to think about, and, but it's a part of our everyday lives. And it certainly has to do with how we live out our faith because we want to honor you with everything, including how we spend, how we save, how we're generous with what we've been given. Help us to have a spirit of generosity in all that we do. And I invite you just to take a moment to reflect to yourself, to pray, to consider the question, how am I going to respond to where I feel that maybe God has spoken to me today?